This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Backstage at Tilla Center. Today we're talking to Dan Edwards, our programming manager, and uh, thanks for coming to join us today, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. You have an, a really interesting background, and you have a, a lot of, of work that you do for us. Um, you came to us from a national agent, correct? Yes. Can you just talk a little bit about your experience working with a national booking agency and how that actually prepared you to book shows here at Tilla Center because the relationship usually is we would call the agency to actually book the performances. Right. So before coming to Tillis, I worked at United Talent Agency. Um, I was the assistant to the VP of the Performing Arts Division there. So our roster included Nora Jones, Frankie Valley, Paul Anka. Um, we had some crossover clients, Cynthia Revo and Katherine Jenkins. What What is the crossover client? Uh, they did Broadway, and then they would also do perform in performing arts centers, okay. uh, concerts. Um, so for those artists, we booked tours in performing arts centers and amphitheaters all across the country. Um, actually, we booked Santino Fontana here for, I think it was a Ted Sperling Broadway show in, in fall of 2016. And you were working there at the Yeah, time. I was working at UTA okay. at the time, yeah. Um, so all of those experiences really uh, made coming to Tilla Center a natural fit. And was it, I'm just curious, was it different booking for a performing arts center versus, let's say, a larger venue? Um, not that much different. Um, really, um, you know, it's just the type of programming. I've learned a lot about the different types of programming that we do here at Tilla Center versus, you know, a club where you're just going to book some rock bands or maybe hip hop artists. Just to fill the, yeah. fill the room. So how do you research what type of artists to choose and for Tilla Center stage and how do you go about contacting them? Right. Um, So, I mean, working in this industry, um, you know, I'm obviously a fan of music. So, you know, it's always fun to want to bring in your favorite artist to a venue. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's a business. So you have to find the artists that can actually sell tickets and make you some money. Um, So one of the uh, great tools is Polestar. Um, It's an industry trade magazine and website. Um, and venues and promoters um, report their ticket sales to Polestar. So whenever there's an artist that I want to book, that's the first thing I look at just to see uh, ticket sales from past shows, whether it's in our market, because there are other venues that we compete with directly. Um, But how do you even get to the point where you say, oh, this person would be good on our stage? Is it just from your own knowledge? Is it from industry? Yeah, it's own knowledge, um, tracking, seeing where they've played in the past, you know, most artists will start in a club, maybe like 250 cap, and then move up to 500, and then 1,000. So there's that progression. Um, so you kind of just track these artists and see where they're, where they're playing. And then when they finally get to that size where they could perform for us in a 2,200-seat theater, then you go after them. That's great. So since you've been here, because you've been here about a year now? Yeah. 
Um, is there any interesting or funny experiences that you've had in this role with the various personalities and mm-hmm. artists that you could share? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with a lot of different agents and managers, a lot of different personalities just in this one year. Um, I think the most interesting was when we booked Chris Angel. Um, he's He wasn't like the other artists that we normally deal with where you – um, you know, negotiate the deal points with the agent, go through the contract process, and then just settle the, sh- the show the night of. Um, he was really involved in his booking process. Um, and actually, you and I sat in some phone calls and went over marketing plans and, um, you know, media outlets that we could set up interviews with for him. Uh, so that was really um, a good change of pace. Yeah. yeah, that is an interesting point, how yeah. involved he got. So then I guess that is how he's built his brand. Yeah, and it was a, you know, he's a native Long Islander. He wanted his hometown show to be a success, and I think we made it for him. Right. No, no, the crowd really enjoyed it. Now, shifting gears a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. this past year, we programmed pre-show in our atrium Mm -hmm. with local talent that's kind of complementary to what's on our main stage. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a drummer of your own band, Mm -hmm. which is... Just you could plug your band. Yeah, uh, the name of the band is Elliot and the Ghost. Unfortunately, I'm no longer in the band. Okay, um, but I'll still promote their stuff. So you're a ghost. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but speaking of that, how important is it to showcase Long Island talent, and how do you find that lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle to find that right? that perfect fit to be complementary to what's on the yeah. main stage. It's very important. I mean, as someone who wanted to make a living, you know, playing in a rock band, um, you know, it, the fact that I can book local talent has been very gratifying and everyone has to start somewhere, you know. Um, but a couple of artists that I I found on social media um, and then some artists I just know from playing around the local music scene, whether it was on Long Island or the city. Um, but there was a couple of artists that we booked. Um, one was before Beyond Beautiful, uh, the Frankel Sisters. Yeah, we got a lot of calls about yeah, them. Yeah, they were a big hit. So I've been tracking them on social media, um, seeing what venues that they were playing at, um, and I thought that they would be a good fit for that particular show. Um, also, Kate Van Dorn, she was a, like a country singer. We had her before Crystal Gale and Lee Greenwood. Um, and it's really just trying to find those artists that have a good social media presence. Obviously, they need the songs to be good, um, but that have an image and just kind of have that whole package. And that's that's what I look for in the local artists that we book for the pre-show. And I'm sure you get a lot of calls. And is there anything you can share with our listeners, the best way to contact you or represent themselves so that they can be noticed? Yeah, I mean, they can um, email the Tilla Center or myself and just send links to their music, um, you know, other venues that they've played, um, and just as much information as possible. So. And what's interesting is the range of local talent. So mm-hmm. you gave two examples. And on the other side, I think it was before one of our holiday shows, we had the barbershop. Yeah, the Long Island Harmonizers. They're a barbershop chorus, and uh, yeah, they put on a great show. They're really fun. They, the crowd loved it. Yeah. And it was, what, about 20? 20, 20, yeah, they're all... Um, they're a little bit older gentlemen, yeah, uh, right. but they're amazing they singers. And, and the yeah. crowd loved them. And yeah. they, I think they uh, really acted out some of the songs <laughs> yeah. as well. So are there any stories you can share about some of your exciting discoveries that maybe were either little prima donnas or maybe uh, surprising 
inherently nice artists. Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Um, when I was at UTA, we started working with this young artist, Haley Knox. She started out on YouTube and she's a singer-songwriter, played guitar, and she would use a loop machine to kind of fill out the instrumentals in her songs. Um, so we started working with her and we would book you know, showcases. We did one on the rooftop of the Standard Hotel in the city. Um, and then we were able to get her an opening slot on Rachel Platten's tour. And from there, you know, she's toured with Charlie Puth and some other artists. So You could you know, say you knew her when. Yep. Or Chic should say that, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and then Prima Donna's, um, I don't want to name any names. That's fine. Yeah. Sometimes it's the story that's funnier than the individual. Yeah. So. Um, but again, when I was at UTA, there was a legacy artist that I was working with. And they were not very happy with the offers that were coming in. They thought that they deserved bigger and better, but you know those bigger and better venues weren't <laughs> really interested. Um, so those were the offers that were coming in. Um, and he was this person had been around for a long time, knew a lot of promoters and venues all over the country. Um, so it was just kind of we were on a call with them, and it was one of those instances where you just have to sit back, listen, and just let the artist vent, and then you just go back to work and try and make them happy and get them more money, which is what we did. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great advice. Yep. So, uh, well, listen. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your insights. And I hope you'll come back shortly to help announce the new season, which should be coming out in the next four weeks. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Backstage at Tillis Center on the campus of LIU Post in Brookville, Long Island. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.